0: Welcome back to Hoops HD, everybody. It is Monday, March 20th, and that means it's time for our Hoops HD Report Sweet Sixteen Special Edition. If I got that all right, right? Uh, we are past the first two rounds and of the tournament, but some. A few upsets, a few people that I'm surprised even made it out to the show tonight, uh, but I'm your host, Chad Sherwood. My team didn't make the tournament. I think I, f- I feel best out of everybody here. Well, my, my
1: my team got screwed out of the tournament. and then Puppet University is, is, is not even the eligible. Uh, got they were screwed Griggs. out of the CBI. I, I'm going to petition the NCAA replay the NCAA tournament with the correct teams.
0: Uh, we got David Dorman, an Arizona guy, and John Titel, an Arizona guy over here, uh, and Joby Fortson, a Virginia guy, and yet they're all still here, still breathing, thankfully.
2: Sleek is not allowed to stay here. He's not allowed. We need to bring yeah. Matt in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, John
0: Sleek is the only guy left whose team is alive here, uh, so congrats to him, Xavier guy. Uh, but uh, before we get to the games, actually, a couple pieces of news that just came out today. Um, uh, some coaching news. I mean, there's a lot of coaching news going on, but I think the two big ones that we heard today was made it official that Rick Pitino is going to St. John's, and that Cooley is on his way to Georgetown and uh, Titel. Get a little upgrade there from from Ewing to to
3: to Cooley. I mean, there's a chance he'll actually see Georgetown win like more than one Big East game a year. It's amazing. Oh <laughs> um, um, yes, yeah. no, I think it's a good hire. I don't know how much they paid him. I don't know how much Ewing's buyout is uh a, ch- a change needed to be made um which I think is obvious to everybody. Uh Cooley's a proven winner and um I don't know if he can recruit DC or if he's going to go national and if I think Ewing had like a five-star coming in from Montverde next year so hopefully that kid stays but uh the future is looking bright.
0: Yeah, it it, it is I think and we got I'll tell you the Big East coaching uh, especially if Providence can make a big hit with, with their new hire, is is amazing the names that you have in this conference right now. Uh, yeah,
1: Rick Pitino, I guess he found St. John's on his GPS, claiming <laughs> <laughs> uh, he other, didn't know where it was.
0: The other <laughs> big news, say it was, it's kind of kind of a little bit of sad news. Has to do with a very under the radar program out of the Northeast Conference, a cuffs we're going to be discussing in a few minutes here, by the way. But uh, St. Francis Brooklyn announced today that's official that they are ceasing all athletics at the end of the uh, at the end of the spring athletic season here they are uh the school is the school actually recently pretty much sold its entire existing campus moved into an almost a commuter type of building i think they're upstairs up, upstairs over a macy's department store from what i understand uh and they were it originally said they were going to try to keep athletics going by renting space in neighboring areas they've said no it's not going to happen Ah, uh, so not only are we losing Hartford, who is inexplicably dropping out of D one, but SFBK gone completely. Gregs, I know as Northeast Conference fans here, uh, it, it, just a few days after the conference reached heights it had never reached before. We hear this.
1: Well, th- this is almost unbelievable. Saint Francis Brooklyn has been Division One or NCAA since before the NCAA tournament even began. It is a small Franciscan university. I don't think it's ever had more than twenty five hundred students ever, and it's a small Franciscan college by design. Their enrollment is still within that range. I I, I don't know how they're suddenly decided they're unable to afford afford athletics, and while they don't, like well, they, they couldn't they couldn't
0: afford their campus anymore. They they had to sell other buildings. That was yeah. Doesn't the it problem. cost
1: like between seventy and eighty thousand a year to go there? Uh, like like it's not a poor man's college.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that there's going to be much left of the college in a few years here from what, from, you know, what I hear. And I think unlike Hartford that decided to keep athletics going and use bad math to get there, these guys said, we can't afford it. And I almost have a little bit more respect. They said, they can't afford it. They really proved, stepped up and proved they couldn't afford it because they just shut everything down. And that tells me, Hey, we really, really, really could not afford these athletics. Um, but Anyhow, uh, that's one less team we'll have around next year, unfortunately. But I don't know. And why don't we get the, to the, the ad- end
1: of one of our favorite rival, And it really was. Not hyperbole. We loved the Battle of Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, let's get into the ter- tournament itself, though. Let me go ahead and pull up the, sc- the uh, screen share here if I can hit the right buttons. If I can't, then we'll just get Nazis on the screen. But I think we've got the brackets. And let's start in the South region. Um, Dorman, let me start with you. Uh up there we'll we'll, we'll go kind of through through each little pod here as as first of all we saw alabama come out uh and really look good in, in their first two games
4: really look good uh they won convincingly against maryland uh on Saturday night, but I still question the offense, the shot selection, what they're doing on offense. Their defense is real solid. They got athletes galore. They're big down low. Miller is probably the best scorer in the country. He can do everything. Um, Javon Quinterly really, really stepped up. He was awesome Saturday night. As Miller was great, he always is, but Quinterly really drove that team Saturday night. And now they got a battle with San Diego State. Uh, you can claim San Diego State was probably maybe the best, uh, most impressive team over the, the weekend. They destroyed Furman, a very solid, strong Furman team. And now they got a great matchup here Alabama versus San Diego State. San Diego State's going to try, try and muck it up, play grind it out, physical down low basketball. Alabama's going to try and get it up and down and uh, see if they can score more points, but fantastic matchup here.
0: And Joby, you being our, 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 a huge Mountain West supporter, uh, that San Diego state team looked pretty good against Charleston, and really good against Furman. And uh, do you want to have some thoughts about the fact that Furman was even playing in that game? I'll give you your oh, a few oh, yeah. moments. I mean, if, I mean, you being a Virginia to be guy. It, <laughs> I,
5: and
2: I can be honest. I, yeah. I don't know many teams. I mean, San Diego state doesn't hit shots like that ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be blunt. Let's be blunt. They don't hit shots like that ever. It was their best performance of the year by a extended margin. They need to have a similar night. If they have a similar night because their defense is legit, hey, Alabama, you better be hitting shots too, or you are in trouble. Uh, And so if San Diego State had been hitting those same shots, it doesn't matter if it was Virginia, Furman, they're going to be moving on. Obviously the Furman-Virginia game, you know, cut, you know, there, there was another game that cut my heart out a little bit more that now doesn't cut my heart out as much because of what happened this weekend, but uh, <laughs> on Friday night, but the uh, uh, I mean, come on. Hey Clark delivered the best pass in UVA history. And you know what? He might've also done, committed <laughs> the
0: war. <worst. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- th- that, was, that was rough. It was one of the roughest turnovers I've ever seen and then just nails the three and Virginia season's over and can, we got this fascinating Alabama San Diego State game Griggs good can I
1: defend what appeared to be an utterly moronic thing um I, we've we've kind of said why don't they just throw the ball up in the air like let the time run down just just throw it don't get fouled well he did it now he did it with about four or five <laughs> seconds <laughs> too many
2: eight, on the clock th- eight seconds with a timeout <laughs> With a player open
0: ten feet from him, the, and the, and exactly. the timeout the, of, the, the timeout yeah. thing is the big is the big thing here. Why yeah. do you throw a bad pass when you've got a timeout? That's why you have timeouts.
1: Yeah, yeah. the only thing I can think of is maybe he, from he his know. vantage point, he yeah. he miscal- calculated just how much time was left. Did he think it was three or yeah. two seconds? No, so he, thought,
2: he thought it, he thought he could hit Shedrick, who was open I, I don't on think the other he end, that. but he just he hit it twenty <laughs> feet short.
0: Yeah, the thing is called timeouts. Time or at worst, if you
2: don't think you have timeouts, if you're double trapped right along the baseline, that's when you peg it against someone's shin. You know, I mean, if you were falling out like he was. Or so, just let him foul you. Uh,
0: let him foul you. Or, or heck, if he, just, if he just lets them get the turnover, at least you can set up a defense exactly. as opposed to giving them a wide-open three. But, uh, and, and, and then a guy who hits
2: 26% from three nails a shot eight feet beyond the three-point line. It was open, but come on.
0: on <laughs> the bottom half of the South region here, it, it, we saw Creighton take care of not only NC State, but then, uh, then after Baylor beat Santa Barbara. Uh, you know, Creighton, very impressive, I thought, against Baylor. If you had told me this about
5: a week ago, this would not have been what I had expected. Granted, Baylor and Creighton both had uh, relatively short runs in their respective conference tournaments, and Creighton had also gotten blown out by Xavier at MSG. Didn't seem to be a problem for the Blue Jays because Kaufbrenner and uh, Baylor Shireman, they were both able to rest. They did have a bit of a scary injury, though, with uh, Mason Miller, although outside of that, Creighton... Their defense did show up against both NC State and Baylor, and wouldn't you know it, Greg McDermott suddenly in the Sweet 16 for the second time in three years.
3: Yeah,
1: I, I will no longer say what I had said for about 12 <laughs> years. It is no longer true. It, it, uh, and, of course, I'm talking about how the Bengals can never win playoff games. Uh,
0: no, no, no. Okay. Uh I tell, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you your first chance here. You, 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 go, go ahead. You were talking about that this was your team getting a chance to beat your other team's arch rival, and uh, you had a pretty rough day, didn't you? The Arizona Princeton game.
3: It kind of is like the worst loss of my life as a sporting fan, and I'm not trying to like oversell it, but like your college's arch rival against your graduate school, like it's you couldn't cheer more for one team and more against another team. And they're up 51-41 with about 10 minutes left, and it's looking good. And then they just – it could be choked. It could be fell apart. It could be coaching. Believe me, like there's a bunch of Wildcat fans who have many theories on what happened. But the fact of the matter is Princeton made shots and Arizona didn't. And I think we could beat them like 9 out of 10 if we played 9 out of 10. But the whole point of the tournament is it's 1 out of 1. But then Princeton comes back against Missouri – which seemed impossible. And they beat them by 15. Like the thing is, this is not a Princeton team that was like a Charleston or an FAU, like a 30 win mid major thing. They were like mediocre in the regular season. Their best non-conference win was Drexel. Who's like barely in the top 200 in Ken Palm. They beat my Quakers three times, but we were in all three games. We almost beat them in the regular season finale. And we were leading towards the end of the Ivy semifinal. Like, I really can't explain it other than like they got something going on and they're riding the wave and like thank God they're not in the East region. Cause if they was in New York City, there's like thousands of Princeton alums who <laughs> live in New York and are rich enough to afford a ticket, they would like fill the garden. A thought on
1: Princeton, and plus a kind of a follow-up to your assessment there, Titel. They play a style of defense. It's one-three-one. It's more—I I would call it a zone, but they probably call it a one-three-one matchup. And the Ivy is used to it. Uh, it's similar to what a lot of—it's not identical, but it's similar to a lot of the defenses they see. Missouri, in particular, is not a. Built to handle that, was it just something they had never seen before and didn't know what to do when they did see it? Uh, speaking of Arizona, but more so, Mizzou,
3: yes, I think that's a fair assessment. But in terms of Arizona, like our front line of two Bellis and Balo 6'11 and seven foot, guess which Should... team had six shot blocks? Princeton, we only had one block, like the physics don't add up,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Dorman, you're an Arizona alum also. I'll give you give you a few seconds for any thoughts on, on what happened.
4: Yeah, I think uh, Taito was just hitting at it. The guards weren't playing well, and the guards were definitely not shooting well. Get the ball. They have a great high-low game with uh, with Tubelis down there, uh, and they didn't go down low. They didn't go inside when they were cold, and the game was getting away from them. Get the ball down there, to Tabalo, Tubelas, and, and just attack the rim. And that yes. didn't seem to be didn't, didn't seem to be the plan. They kept throwing up these threes with guys in their face. It wasn't going in. It, I, I get it. You miss shots and stuff, but you're giving away all your length and athleticism down low. Like use your height, use your bodies that you have down low, where you have a clear advantage. And they didn't want to take care of it. They missed shots and they lost. I,
0: I- Joby, let me be back here. Now, now we've got Alabama, San Diego State, Creighton, Princeton. Can, can Princeton keep this going against the Blue Jays or, uh, you know, I mean, three years ago, we've had a, a 15 seed in, in the Sweet 16. Uh, I argue that the 15s are the new 12s, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, 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 you know,
2: what's funny is, you know, Yale wouldn't have been a 15. <laughs> they yeah. would have been like a 13 or so. Um, no, and this is why, and Griggs actually hinted at the reason why. Creighton saw what happened to Missouri. You know, on not being able to handle the one three one, Creighton's going to be ready. Creighton's going to know how to do it. Plus, they have very good ball. Creighton has pretty good ball movement on top of everything else, whereas I think Missouri's offense can get stagnant. I, and while Creighton's not huge, per se, they definitely have the height uh, so uh, to be able to handle Princeton. So I think you're going to be able to see Creighton take care of business pretty handily here uh it was congrats uh congrats to the tigers for making the run uh to the sweet 16 but i think creighton will be having that date with most likely
0: alabama well, do, you know, see, do, you, do you see alabama coming out of this region i i, yeah. I, think, uh, I think i think it's become a I, slam dunk for them right now i've personally. been
2: saying this for a while that alabama is going to have a game where they just don't hit shots and that's going to be a dangerous game Um, And they could be against San Diego State. They don't hit their shots, and San Diego State does. You know, it could be against Creighton. You know, but what we actually saw when Alabama couldn't hit shots, well, as it turned out, it was the first half of the Maryland game. (laughs) So that might have been their slow game. Remember, it was tied at half, or pretty much tied at half. So Alabama, I might have gotten over it, and you just got to assume they're going to be in the Final Four until they play someone who can handle them – both defensively like uh, San Diego State or offensively like Creighton.
0: All right. Let's go yeah. on down to the Let's go on down now. going to scroll down here to the East region, uh, which was, you know, as if a 15 seed making the sweet 16 wasn't enough. How about the second ever 16 over one uh, after Fairleigh Dickinson had to get by Texas Southern. Now, let me just kind of set this up with a little bit here. This Fairleigh Dickinson team, finished tied for second in the Northeast Conference, which was one of the objectively worst conferences we've ever seen with everybody rated sub 300, including FDU in the net heading into the tournament. Uh, They did not even win the conference tournament. That went to Merrimack who was not eligible. So FDU gets the automatic bid. (laughs) Their head coach just up from division two, which a lot of D1 programs won't even hire a D2 coach. That might change in the future now. We saw what happened here. Brought three D2 players with him. On a team that won, what, five or six games all of last season. Uh, everything said that this was going to be an awful year for Fairleigh Dickinson. Instead, they somehow get back into an auto bid, somehow beat a Texas Southern team that had 20 losses on the season, yet was favored over them and seated higher than them in, in the – final rankings by the NCAA selection committee, 67 versus 68. And then they go on, they play Purdue. And quite frankly, I thought that, that, you know, I had somebody tell me that Princeton had a better high car high head coach than Arizona. That's why Princeton won that game. And I chewed him out as being completely dead wrong. I think this guy, this guy, I think FDU completely outcoached about Matt Painter in this game. Uh, Griggs Painter showed no ability To modify his game plan, one drop when it was not working, and that's why they lost this game. I felt. Um,
1: yeah, it it wasn't a sixteen over a one. It it is the worst team. Maybe not even arguably. Maybe just definitively and objectively that has ever played in the NCAA tournament coming into the tournament, a, a sub 300 team. I don't recall ever anybody ever being that low. I remember one year Grambling was 301 going into the SWAC championship game, and we were speculating would they get into the top 300 if they won. Ah, uh, this is a team that finished behind transitional programs, two of them in the worst conference that we've ever seen. It, this is – when Chaminade beat Virginia, I, I was not really alive yet or, or too young to know. <laughs> but, but Chaminade was at least a top five I, – I mean, a very, very good D2 team. I don't think this Fairly Dickinson team, had they gone down the D2, would have been good <laughs> enough consistently enough to even get inside the bubble for that tournament. This was – Stupid! It made no sense. It, it might be, in terms of the least – the probability of the win, the biggest upset in American sports history. I, am I wrong? Like, you watched the uh, uh, team uh, 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 all uh, year uh, while uh, I, like I did. They I'm weren't very good. Go ahead, smallest Dorman.
0: team in D1, too. Smallest yeah. team. And, and that's what the problem was here, is, is Matt Painter came in with the same game plan that he uses to play Big Ten teams. And he played it against a small, quick team that didn't care, basically. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 that's, and, and, and you know the, he played a slowdown style, which was not what you needed against these guys. You have way more talent, even at your guards, even with their missing shots. Uh, a quicker game, stop making the, the game plan, Be give it to Edie. If he can't get a shot off, kick it out for a three. And that's all Purdue did for 40 minutes of that game. And, and I think they deserve to go home the way they played. Um but sleek, let me bring you back in here because fairly Dickinson played a heck of a second game as well, but it was Florida Atlantic who was going to the sweet sixteen. Yeah, and
5: it took Florida Atlantic. They had
0: about ten or eleven lead
5: changes in their opener against Memphis, and they ultimately hit a shot with under five seconds remaining. So at least they got to take advantage of uh FDU's uh, good fortune and in the second game they managed to survive and Better enjoy Dusty May while you can, because if there weren't job offers lining up for him, there's going to be even more now that they're looking at a, a sweet 16 and beyond.
1: And beyond. Uh, and they beyond. Can, they can win that game. They're uh, good. Well, yes, Ty they
0: well, uh, Tell, uh, everyone loved this Duke team coming to the tournament. Red Hot ACC Tournament Championship versus a Tennessee team that struggled to get by Louisiana and was missing their point guard how did tennessee do it uh, i think you're on mute there all right <laughs> sorry.
3: sorry about that um yeah. if i had to put it i really thought this team was dead without zakai ziegler but olivier kamwa like came out of nowhere at least to me he had been good in the regular season but a guy from finland who you no know, most people don't know about scoring 27 points 10 of 13 from the field four or five f- excuse me four or five from the line zero turnovers it's hard to find too many big men. He's 6'9", 236, who can play that well against a very good, as Joby's told us for a month now and is correct, a good defensive Duke team. And, like, he's going against Lively and Filipowski, and, like, he's so efficient, and he's scoring, and he's making threes, and, like, he was unstoppable in only 22 minutes. Like, he really took over that game despite only playing half the game.
0: Yeah, and, and so, Dorman, now we got FAU Tennessee. You think FAU keeps going here?
4: I do. I really do. I think they can beat this Tennessee team. This is where I think the uh, injury to Zakai Ziegler really is going to affect them because Florida Atlantic is really strong on D and they're long and they're athletic and they're going to bother Tennessee getting in their half-court sets. Duke went ice cold from three. If Florida Atlantic can hit their outside shots, I do. I really believe. I like Florida Atlantic to beat Tennessee. I think the injury really shows up here for Tennessee. Florida Atlantic is like we just discussed, big and talented down low. They got guys to board with Tennessee. They can't go in huge ruts offensively. I'm talking Florida Atlantic now because Tennessee's D is going to be the best they've seen all year, Florida Atlantic. They really, really thrive on defense, Tennessee. Florida Atlantic stays away from there, gets good looks. They can definitely beat the Volunteers.
0: All right. Uh Jobia, the bottom half over here, Kansas State uh, – you know, puts kind of an end to 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 to, to a lot, pretty lousy, especially talk to Kentucky fan season. <laughs> yeah, I, well, and here's the thing: is
2: I when I saw this break out, you know, Kansas State, Kentucky, oh, we'll go. I think on our own bracket, at hoops safety, ah, Kentucky, you know that they're, they're going to hit their ceiling. They did not hit their ceiling. And and Keontae Johnson, this is such a great story, uh, it, you know, as it were. They, this wasn't by any stretch. You know, while the, while the final score was six, no, 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 no. This was Kansas State's game. It it closed late. The, the, Kansas State was the better team. There's no two ways about it. They showed why. Uh, they've been a top 10 to top 15 team all year, not just recently. And so Kansas State, with Purdue – falling out with Tennessee advancing past Duke uh, without Ziegler. And we'll talk about him in a second, a seven-seed Michigan State. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kansas State, you can – don't get ahead of yourself, but you can start thinking Final Four possibly.
3: Well, being there
2: yesterday –
1: What about the team they're playing?
0: Whoa, yeah, hold on a second. Uh, First of all, Titel, first-year coach for Kansas State, though, so it doesn't really matter, right? It
3: shouldn't. But it is. Like, I don't know that I would say that he like outcoached John Calipari. Some of you might say I don't know about that. I think it's more that Marquise Noel is arguably like the best 5'8 player. Not like this year, but like I would argue in the 21st century, like the kids, he does it all.
0: Uh, uh, and sleeker. You want to talk about the other half here, Michigan State Marquette?
5: Oh, uh, I was gonna talk more about Noel being the ace um, in the hole and possibly being the best guard to be in this region right now but going back to Michigan State they were able to uh, provide an answer for uh, Marquette's swarming defense they did not get they did not panic because of the deflections that Marquette would normally cause and Tyler Kolick who had been the Big East player of the year he didn't have an answer until like it was too late for Marquette to come back against Michigan State but it's very difficult when you fall into an
0: 11 nothing hole early against the Spartans and, and, and Griggs, we should have known, Tom, as it was a seven seed. We should have known this was going to happen.
1: Yeah, and it, it's <laughs> they're going to – They're. I think they get by K-State. Really? On, oh, oh, yeah, and then I think they get by Florida Atlantic and seventh seeded Michigan State on their way to the final four, which is where they always land when they get a seven seed.
0: Really? So you are taking Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Dorman, do you think Michigan State Well, yeah, State I've been kidding about
1: it all year, and look at what
4: I've done. It's going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> I like uh, Florida Atlantic to play Kansas State. Um, Everyone's telling me how big of an upset this Kansas State game was. If you watched and talked about Kansas State like we have on this show all year, this was no fluke. This was a team that beat Kansas. This was a team that beat top-tier teams in the Big 12 all year long. Kansas State is really good. Yes, Marcus Noel hit some shots that were phenomenal. And maybe, you know, those don't go, but I – I like Kansas State's offense more than I like Michigan State's. I like Michigan. Michigan State shoots the three really well. They don't shoot it a ton, but when they do shoot it, they shoot it well. They happened to be cold from that area uh, yesterday against Marquette, but in a phenomenal, fantastic matchup, I'm going to go with K-State.
0: And, and into the
2: final four also with them, better too. Show up. I will say that. Walker yeah. did not have his best game against Marquette. That's why it's so surprising they advanced when you say that. When you say – all of a sudden, Walker didn't play well and they advanced. That's saying something. So, Michigan State might have something in the tank. We will see.
0: Uh, well, Joby, last year's Final Four, two of them, Virginia, I'm uh, sorry, Villanova and North Carolina, didn't even make this tournament. Duke, we just mentioned, got knocked out. The fourth one was our national champion, Kansas. Uh, and after taking care of Howard, uh, how about them falling to, to the Razorbacks?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, this says a lot about, of course, w- Coach Musselman. We really didn't
0: need to see that. Just must
2: buzz. <laughs> Leave your damn
0: shirt on. Leave your damn shirt on. I can take my shirt off, but but, of-
2: but I will say Arkansas. Of- wow, what a game! You know, Smith and company are just they. This was not a case of Kansas playing poorly. I really believe that. Yeah, of course, if they play their perfect, game, both teams play their perfect game, Kansas wins. But Arkansas took it to them they showed why preseason Arkansas was top 10 people forget that Arkansas was a flavor of the month sort of thing and they played kind of poorly to be honest Uh, they had a February and early March that was forgettable uh, flat out they they fell from that five six range all the way down to the eight seed where they are and some would even argue probably even closer to a 10 no, Arkansas showed that talent, showed all of, the, uh, all of what Musselman's uh, assembled. They won very legit. They were the better team that day, without a doubt.
0: Tytel, uh, you know, people are talking about Alabama and Houston. They both, we'll get to Houston in a minute here, both look really good. But I thought probably the most impressive team, arguably, in the NCAA tournament so far has been the Yukon Huskies with what they did to Iona and then to St. Mary's
3: pair of double digit wins over a pair of very experienced coaches and Rick Pitino and Randy Bennett um, coming in off of a loss to Marquette in the Big East tourney. So it seems to have uh, gotten them regrouped. I'm still not sure that I trust anyone named Hurley in March, but Dan is getting it done, even though Bobby couldn't um, the offense. He's got a very well-balanced squad. It's not like he needs Sonogo to score 24 a game. It certainly helps when he does, but when they make 10 of 22 threes, they're near unbeatable because you bring Klingon off the bench to block some shots. Um, it's a relatively experienced team. Caravan's a freshman. He missed uh, most of his shots. He only had three points against St. Mary's. But um, I really think that uh, – and they were saying on TV, a lot of people think arkansas is going to be one of the best uh, Sweet 16 games. I don't even know how it's going to come out just because of the Nick Smith factor. If he plays like the top five projected pick, I think Arkansas is a legit shot. If he – doesn't play or doesn't score much i think uconn can keep advancing
0: uh i i i think that it's not going to be i personally think that uconn's going to win this one by double digits as well but what we will see uh Dorman, you being an arizona guy must have been loving what tcu did to arizona state first of all <laughs> but uh <laughs> but 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 how about that and, and then on top of that very good game between the zags and tcu with a late set with the Zags second half comeback
4: fantastic game uh i thought gonzaga there were chances gonzaga had to fold and send uh go home Uh, TCU was really ready. Uh, I thought they played well for about 35 minutes, but Timmy was just a dominating factor down low. Uh, I think Timmy might've had his best game of his season, maybe his career last night. Um, The second half, he was just constantly scoring down low. And when he didn't have a shot, he made the right pass to the shooters out top to hit uh, their threes. Gonzaga really, They really played well. Uh, Few's got this team clicking on all cylinders. Um, This UCLA matchup, to me, this is the Sweet 16 game of the year. I love this matchup. I know we saw it in the Final Four. Gonzaga needed a half-court heave at the buzzer to win it. But this game uh, in Las Vegas, Gonzaga and UCLA, has every bit of the makings as a, a classic
0: uh has the makings but you know i, I i'm still not 100 percent sold on ucla without Jaden clark so uh you know I, I and and um i honestly thought that this gonzaga team looks like a team on a mission especially in that second half against tcu and, and right and out to get to the final yes. forge which i i'm starting to circle already a yukon gonzaga west regional final i know we're not there but uh griggs how yeah. about ucla getting by northwestern who picked up another tournament win this year
1: yeah, and congrats to them. I mean, I know that uh, it, it, whenever it ends, you you always think, oh, man, had we just won one more game, this is disappointing. It would have been great to go to the Sweet 16. But there's only one team that ultimately doesn't feel that way once it's over. And they, they've had a great year. They exceeded uh, every expectation of them that did not exist. So <laughs> – um, but UCLA, despite the injury, I you know, talking about them, uh, Clark is out. Uh, they've looked really good without him. My God, how good would they look with him? But as good as they've looked, I don't think they've looked as good as Gonzaga. And I'm kind of with you, Chad. I think that we're setting ourselves up for sort of an awesome clash of the Titans in the Elite Eight, which probably means it's going to be UCLA in our <laughs> <in Arkansas.
0: laughs> Well, Sleek, what do you think? What what comes out of this region? Who's, who ends up in the Final Four?
5: Well, UConn has certainly played like a a number one seed for the first time since about mid to late December right here. We saw Arkansas have trouble against another Big East team in Creighton back in November, and I could easily see the similar thing happening right here. But if we're also talking about a a rematch for the ages, it was 17 years ago to the date that uh, UCLA had a massive comeback against uh, Gonzaga. But this time, I don't think UCLA is going to be able to overcome a UConn. But I do think they have more than a puncher's chance
0: to beat Gonzaga this time. See, so but you got UConn in your final four now? Yes. All right. Let's go for one last region up here. Um, uh, Joby, let me start with you here yeah. with uh, Houston. I uh, actually might have struggled a little bit more. I think they did struggle more with Northern Kentucky than they did with Auburn. Yeah, I mean, you, well, but you said the most impressive team is UConn. It's
2: still Houston in my book. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, mean, I'm, I am there. I am still on this Houston bandwagon. I picked them to win it, and I feel as good now. I mean, you re- don't realize that. My gosh, they walk in at, at Birmingham Auburn. Wow, that is, that is was not an easy crowd to deal with, and they look good doing it I mean they they extended themselves and they took it to them uh you know Auburn kind of fought you know played around a little bit they kept it kind of close early and Houston you know they they said they guys uh, Samson said he brought the team in settled them down and you know they thrive there's a reason why this team is undefeated on the road in some really good road games That game in the round of 32 counts as another road game in my book.
0: Oh, well, being in Birmingham, it was, and that was a very nice win. Uh, Dorman, they get Miami now. Uh, Miami, kind of surprising how how well they played against Indiana, I thought, yesterday.
4: Yeah, I was surprised uh, how well they played because in the first half against Drake, they didn't look good at all. Um, But I've said it all year, they're not big and deep down uh, up front on the front line, but their guards are as, I'll take those guards with Wong as maybe more than anyone in the country. And they were hitting their shots yesterday in the second half in Indiana, who looked really good against Kent State, who everyone liked that upset. But Indiana pulled out, pulled it out. Uh, Miami in the second half really just took it to Indiana, and they started hitting their shots. And Wong was dominating on the uh, on offense and getting the ball in the right the, the right guy teammates' hands. And Indiana went down. And this was a team Indiana who I thought actually could make a move in the tournament. But Miami's looking strong, great guard play. But I'm with Jovi. Houston's a different animal. There's a lot up front, and there's a lot of athletes up front on that front. Houston. Cougar front line. And I think Miami meets its match and the, uh,
0: and Houston beats Miami. Yeah. I mean, we oh, a and we diff-
2: saw there is more than one trace Jackson on Houston.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, yeah. It looked like Miami was going to be knocked out in the first round for a while against Drake, actually yeah. in that game. And before Drake, yeah. before Miami turned around, but Sleeka, you are our Xavier guy. And uh, you know, yeah. Uh, I got to say, Kennesaw state played their asses off against you in the first round. I don't know how you survived that game. <laughs>
5: It didn't look that way early with uh, Xavier getting out to, uh, I think it was about 20 points in the first six minutes, but to their credit, Kennesaw state did settle down. They got the lead to as much as 13, but one thing you can't do though, they did give the Musketeers a bit of an opening when Xavier cut the lead 10 and Kennesaw stepped on the sideline and ended up turning it over. That sparked a big Xavier run and Kennesaw state didn't even score for about six or seven minutes. And, There was one telling image where Adam Kunkel and Soleil Boom were having a bit of a heated disagreement on the court, but they quickly got on the same page, and whatever pressure was on them Friday was quickly dissipated on Sunday. If you want to talk about a tale of two different games, 17 assists on 19 field goals in the first half against the Panthers, they were never seriously challenged at that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. After uh, Pittsburgh had that had the had you know surprised how well how well Pittsburgh had played against Iowa State, but Griggs, your thoughts? Well, uh, we well, don't yeah, talk about that game.
3: <laughs> yeah. So
1: um yeah, I I was just gonna say to Stalika, for a team that had been such an offensive power and who had been criticized for its defense or lack thereof, I'm talking about Xavier right now. I really thought it was their defense in this game that, that made the difference. During that stretch, you you mentioned it wasn't that Kennesaw just went cold. It was Xavier was basically contesting everything that they were trying to throw up. They had a few open looks that, that didn't go in. But for the most part, I thought Xavier's defense was really good. It's, it, it, I think what they were trying to do here, John, was force them to the free throw line.
5: Yeah, if you look at the last possession because... where Kennesaw State tried to drive the line, Nunji blocked it said yeah. no sir and then once they got the rebound it was academic
1: yeah and that was a really bad joke that was lost on most people this Kennesaw State team good at a lot of things shooting free throws not one of them
0: uh, uh Ty Tell uh the uh Xavier's next opponent is going to be Texas who uh you know
3: Ooh. looked really good against
0: Colgate uh then you know you know this Penn State team got so red hot at the end of the season and 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 really had a shot against them
3: They did, thanks to Texas making exactly one three-point shot the entire game. Fortunately, they were able to hit the boards a little better. They only allowed six assists to Penn State, so a nice swarming defense. They only had five turnovers, good ball control, but the key was Dylan DeSue. What a great story. So the kid starts out at Vanderbilt and does very well on a very poor team. Uh, Ironically, the fortunes have changed in the positive for both Vanderbilt Vanderbilt and soon as, as soon as he left. But he's from Pflugerville, Texas, which is approximately 18 miles from Austin. So he really just wanted to go back and be at the big local school. And it's working out very well for him. 28 points, 14 of 20 from the field, 10 boards against Penn State. And if you look at their schedule, like it's starting to get more impressive. I mean, they did lose eight games this season. It's not like they went undefeated, but they beat a Gonzaga team in November. They beat a Creighton team in December. They beat a Kansas State team in February. Like, they've proven themselves against a lot of teams that are still alive in this tournament chat. Ah,
0: yeah. But Xavier next though, that is uh, uh, good Griggs. What do you think about these two semifinals and who comes out of this region?
3: I,
1: I, um, I've picked Miami to go as far as the final four, and then I picked them to lose as early as the round of 64. And if you average that out, I guess it's this round, and I think this is where they go out. I'm taking Houston to win that one. I I think this other game is is harder to call, but I just really like the way Texas is playing. I think
0: think this is that best game in this round here, the Xavier-Texas game, but go ahead.
1: I uh, I think Texas is a little better, but they're not so much better that Xavier's incapable of beating them. Xavier can absolutely beat them. Um, I, I if I, but you you can only pick one. I don't think you're going to let me get away with with taking both. I'm going to take the Horns.
0: Do you think they beat Houston also? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, in
1: saying that chet i think that we go into the elite eight with houston and texas houston texas is going to decide they have nothing to gain from this series or playing this game uh they don't need to play houston and i think they're just going to call it a day well, they're
0: they're, st- they're going to be stuck in the same conference together next year for a season so uh you know yeah. that's going to be a
1: texas rough. might disband its basketball program
0: <laughs> uh, i'll you, i'm going to zoom out a little bit here and kind of try to get as much of the bracket on the screen here as we can don't quite We'd have all of it on there, but um, what I want to do is right, right through each of you now and kind of give me uh, based on where we sit with this suite 16, who are your final four and your national champions now? May have changed because uh, your championship champion picks may have gone out already. Personally, I'm going Alabama to beat Kansas State, UConn to beat Houston, then UConn win it all. I'm sticking with my UConn pick, but uh, Dorman, your thoughts? Yeah,
4: I'm going a little upside, uh, upsets on two of them. I'm going to go Creighton. I'm going to go Creighton in the, in the South and I'm place. Yeah. And I'm going to go Florida Atlantic. I think they can beat Tennessee. I think they can definitely, if they can win that game, they can uh, win again. So Florida Atlantic and Creighton, the other side, I'm going more chalky. I'm going to go Houston versus Gonzaga in the, uh, in the final four. And I'm going to go Gonzaga winning
2: it all.
0: Gonzaga winning it all. Joby, how about you? Uh, yeah. It, I'm on
2: that Houston bandwagon. I mean, my gosh, what was it? Two baskets by Auburn in the second half. Two, yes, two. <laughs> I mean, the fact of the matter is, defense travels, and Houston could also play offense. Love this Houston team. I am with Dorman Zags, but I'll go with Houston in the matchup there. And then on the other side, Alabama. As I said, I don't. I they're they're going to make it there in K State, and I think we'll have what a lot of people predicted uh, early uh, early in the tournament, just like we had that. Classic battle of Baylor Gonzaga. I think Houston, Alabama is going to deliver similar type results with Houston winning. Houston in winning Houston.
0: it in, in Houston. Titel. Uh,
3: I think Alabama cakewalks into the final four. I think Tom Izzo proves that when you've been to 25 tournaments in a row, you know how to get to the final four. I have my doubts about Houston due to injury. Marcus Sasser just made five threes against Auburn. So I bet I'm back on the bandwagon and believing in them to make it back to their hometown final four. And then I think the West region in Vegas where I'm flying to tomorrow um, should be Woo. fantastic. And I think it's wide open, but um, I don't think UCLA can do it with an injury and I don't like betting against March mark few in March. So I have the Zags. And I think that Houston beats the Zags because of the hometown uh, situation. I think that even though Izzo's great in March, that Alabama just has a special player and team this year and Brandon Miller and his cohorts. And um, although I was on Alabama, I think Houston in, at home is going to get it done over the Tide.
0: I thought for me there you were going to say Brandon Miller is
3: co defended but you said
1: co-hosts. So, I
5: think for Creighton to win the South region, San Diego State would have to weaken Alabama in a rock fight on the top. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm still going to take Alabama there. In the East, I think uh, the guard play of K-State can probably neutralize Michigan State and either Florida, Atlantic, or Tennessee. So, I would take the Wildcats to get to the final four right there. You look at the West, I've already gone on record as saying UConn probably going to be my choice out of there. And in the Midwest, I did say this about a week ago Xavier is playing with house money. They've got their great escape out of the way. I do think the ninth time in the Sweet 16 is the charm. So I will take them to the final four here. Oh, wow. and your champion? My champion. I'm probably going to go with uh, UConn right here. I All don't right. think they're going to be able to knock off the
0: Huskies a third time. A fourth time, wouldn't it be? No, it would be a third it's time. A third time. Okay, third time. All right. Um, uh, Griggs, I think you're the one to ask it.
1: Okay. I, I've got Alabama coming out of the south. Uh, I, d- I don't want to say they'll blow through it, but I don't think they'll sweat too much. I, I actually am picking Michigan State uh, to come out of the east. Um, Houston, I I think they get by Texas in the Elite Eight, and I really like UConn. Uh, I I like Gonzaga, too. I think that that's a potentially great Elite Eight game to get to the Final Four, and I I, I think it's going to be Houston over Alabama in the championship, but I also got to say I don't know why you're asking me after how
0: horribly I did. Picking, the <laughs> uh, which which means that Princeton is winning the national championship, and John Dytel yeah. may never be back on another basketball podcast again. Uh, but a <laughs> uh, well, th- 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 couple of notes here: there are a couple of tournaments going on still. The NIT, uh, we've got we're down to the final eight there with uh, North Texas, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Oregon, UAB, Vanderbilt, and Cincinnati. Uh, despite being a higher seeded team, uh, having to go on the road to Utah Valley, Utah Valley. Congratulations coming up Wednesday. It's going to get their first ever home nationally televised game on ESPN two. So oh, uh, exciting, yeah. shout out was, to them.
5: Uh was quote unquote maintenance going on at fifth third arena after the Virginia tech mm-hmm, game. So mm-hmm. that's why they also yeah. went on the road to
0: Hofstra uh, and, and, and Titel, you're going to stick right around to Vegas for the NIT final four.
3: So I don't fly back till Monday. I'm going to see like if any good teams fly out and are willing to do a quick interview, I'd be happy to interview, yeah. uh, Maybe Infali Dante of Oregon or
0: uh, Crowell of the
3: Badgers. they got some good players out
0: there. Uh, uh, Griggs, a little sad news for you here. We're down to the Final Whoa. Four in the CBI. Let me see if I can refresh this and get that last score up on the screen or not. Uh, Char- Charlotte won. Char- okay, it's not coming the screen, but we, we got Southern Utah, Eastern Kentucky won. And Radford just tonight knocked out Tim Miles in San Jose State. They'll take on Charlotte tomorrow nights and Tuesday night's semifinals. Uh, so we don't really care anymore, right? No, uh, I will <laughs> just
1: say Eastern Kentucky continuing to play well. Probably the best, mm-hmm. like you, you know, into a season they've had in a long time. When you look at what they've doing since the second half of conference play started, and again, I watched this game and I counted forty-seven unfavorable missed, either missed calls or bad calls against san jose state this is a team that should have been in the ncaa
0: tournament let's go to final thoughts uh titel i'm gonna start with you because i think you've got a pick we got a picture here we're gonna pull up for you Uh, let's see if i get that on the screen there you go (laughs) so you might have
3: thought that i was the only uh pen class of 96 guy named john with this haircut but uh, apparently my good friend john Kerkorian is a fellow classmate and uh he's even better at basketball than i am um Thanks to his guy, Trey Barber, making the buzzer beater as they captured. uh, He's the head coach at Christopher Newport University. They won their first ever D3 national championship on Saturday. Uh, I was not like super tight with John on campus, but definitely knew him. And we had some friends in common and stuff and couldn't be happier to see uh, a fellow Quaker succeeding at the highest level of D3. And as Tobin Anderson pointed out, as you correctly showed earlier, guys in D2 can coach at D1 and succeed. I don't know if John here has high expectations, but I have no doubt that he can succeed if he goes up one or even two levels.
0: Yeah, but beating that mount, that the powerhouse Mountain Union, who seems to win every championship every year in every sport, I think. So, uh, congrats to Christopher Newport there. Uh, um, continue our final thoughts here, uh, Salika. Well, we talked about
5: St. John's hiring Rick Pitino earlier, but there's also going to be a potential Kevin Ollie 2.0 situation looming with them. Let's not forget they fired Mike Anderson, who was previously coaching the Johnnies. But we also learned that apparently he was fired, quote unquote, with cause, meaning they would not have to pay the, I guess, 10 to 11 million, 11 million. he was uh, owed. So needless to say, Anderson now suing the school for that 11 million. So uh, yes. going to win
0: that lawsuit, too, in my he opinion, is going <laughs> to win the
1: lawsuit. If,
0: I, I don't know if the 4 cause you're allowed to be having a lousy team counts as a for cause or not but yeah. you know i guess it's a cause right
1: <laughs> uh, it depends on the terms of, well you know that you're you're the attorney but also uh, having a chance to hire rick Pitino, also not a cause
2: <laughs> uh,
0: yeah uh, joby <laughs> yeah
2: i mean yeah for cause um, hiring pettino my god uh, so mine is very short and sweet you know the mountain west for the most part did exactly what I wanted them to do, which was continue their long standing tradition since 2018 and not win a game in the tournament, uh, but San Diego State, they snuck past Charleston to put even worse they beat Furman. So, in the words of Ron Burgundy, go F yourself, San
0: Diego. <laughs> uh, hey, at least all the other Mountain West teams did exactly what we expected. Uh, uh, and, uh, by the way, the Big Ten, also another very disappointing tournament in Michigan State. Dorman.
4: Yeah, I'm going to go to the Big East. I thought they had a really, really strong weekend. Xavier, Yukon, and Creighton all to the sweet 16. Um, they also did great in the coaching. Uh Ed Cooley, like we discussed, stays in the Big East, goes to Georgetown. Rick patino's back in the Big East at St. John's. Uh Providence will make the right hire. I know there's some big names in the mix. Uh kind of like Kim English there, maybe for the job uh, from George Mason, but a wonderful week for the Big East.
0: Yes, it was. Um uh actually the sec um has the other conference with three teams left Sorry. am i correct yes. and uh what i heard Absolutely. actually was there are 11 total conferences represented the sweet 16 which ties the record for the most ever in the sweet 16 uh do you want to finish the show off
1: yes uh it's sort of something that we probably don't like to talk about a lot it is transfer portal season there's the transfer window now it's open for the next i guess 50 or so days um i would like to caution everybody into pointing out that last year, the vast majority, I don't have the exact percentage at my fingertips, but I can tell you it is well over half of the players that entered the portal. And there were hundreds, maybe even thousands, um, did not end up with any D1 or D2 offers. Uh, We used to say in the pre one and done days, it was bad for the sport. Not just that, the stars were going to the NBA, but 40 to 50 players were declaring to go to the draft and forfeiting their chances to play in college when they really would have had a great opportunity and could have been good college players. And the one thing the one-and-done did was, was prevent that. Well, this is far more than 40 or 50. This is 500 players that are making a choice that's resulting them them going from having a place to play to not having a place to play. I'm all for... Transfer rules being relaxed and players being able to leave and go seek out other opportunities, but I do think that it is a problem with the sport when that many people end up with nothing.
0: Yeah, well, I, unfortunately, I think it's the day we live, the day and time we live in here, um, yeah. and and it may be the reason why why some, why some of these decent players are falling in transfers down to down to these lower level schools net result 15 seeds in the sweet 16 for three straight years i think you're right
1: i, <laughs> I think that has something to do with it i i think everybody kind of has it in their head that they're probably better than they are this is for another podcast I, mm-hmm. I, this this was a bad final thought but i don't okay, think then, it's good for the
0: game here. or for the player
3: thank
0: you <laughs> uh, definitely a good topic for an off-season podcast though but on that note we are out of time so on behalf of david dorman david griggs john Salika, john titel and Joey Fortz, and i'm chad sherwood We'll be back again next week with our Final Four edition. Talk to you real soon.